Hey everyone, Tex of the Black Pants Legion here, and this is the BPL Podcast. If you've gotten lost looking for the Berkeley Public Library Podcast, that would be because you don't read and you think acronyms all mean the same thing, but you're welcome nonetheless. Wow. By the way, that has actually happened. Some people have commented, this is not the Berkeley Public Library Podcast, and I would point out, well, I am an actual librarian, so yeah. it's uh, you're, fine. You're mostly in the right place. You are mer- mostly in the right place. The only would they call you a guybrarian? <laughs> <laughs> wow, you should see his face. He looks so... I'm I'm he's stabbing out. me with daggers with his <laughs> eyes when he laughed like that. Why use eye daggers when I have a gun? All right, so here we go. Uh, sitting over to the right is Mr. Nick, everyone's favorite Air Force chief mechanic. Yeah, oh, yes. the suit. I thought it was chief of some staff. I have to keep adding things on, so it's not oh, always the same oh, thing. Oh, yes, Because, yes, see, people yes. will listen to that first 10 seconds and go, oh, yes. I've heard this one. Colonel Senior Airman is Colonel, how I prefer Nick, to be addressed. Nick is a Colonel Senior Airman C- in the Math, United States Space a, Force a senior, Air Force Reserve. Senior Sergeant Major are that Airman. Senior Sergeant. Chief First Sergeant Major. So, so, we used to, so we used to see, guys, yeah. there's this thing called the transition flight or the T flight when you really fuck up and you're going to get drummed out of the military. Yeah. And, like um, transition to McDonald's. Exactly. Okay. Well, uh, transition to Leavenworth. Um, oh, that one. <laughs> that wow. one. Um, I turned big rock into smaller rock. Yes, yes. The I got too many DUIs and now I have to go in the no-no box. That's that kind of T flight. But we used to see these guys in the chow hall when I was at my training station in Florida. And I would see them and I'd be like, I was like, cause I joined when I was in my mid twenties. So I was like one of the older guys generally in the flight. And, uh, I'd be like, see that guys. And they'd be like, what's that? And I'd be like, that's why you don't want to fuck up. And they were like, why? And you could see like where their uniform used to have like the rank emblem on it. I was like, that's airman basic master sergeant over there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oof, oof. So you're, uh, oof. you're in the uh, reserve space force. Yes. So I you're am, basically Randy Quaid from I'm, Independence Day. I'm in the Space National Guard. <laughs> see, see, Nick is waiting. He is waiting in his point in the career because you've been in the Air Force. How long? October will make my 11th year this okay. year. Well, congratulations. Here's oh, your claim. Cheers. Thank you for your service. Thanks for my cervix. Yep. <laughs> All right. I don't have one of those. But here's here's the thing. Let's say the Air Force says, hey, we got a slot open for you. And we need you to be a door gunner on a space shuttle. Oh, yeah, duh. Okay. So so you take that no question. D- duh. Test. Okay. okay. Duh. Armed astronaut. Even if they were like, hey, we need you to be, uh, we need you to work the tool crib on the ISS. I'd be like, duh. Yeah. Well, duh. I mean, you've, you've played a good 20, 30 hours of hardships, shit breakers. I could, ro- I think, I could yeah. robust somebody yeah. in real life. Yeah. <laughs> I could robust to do with the toolbox. Yeah. Okay. If they, you know, if they let the, if they let spies on the station, you yeah. know. Yeah. If they got if they got any tags on there, I could robust somebody with a fire extinguisher. I could make that happen. Oh my lord, good man, uh, Sergeant so, Sergeant Nick. Why are you Why are you in your space suit? And I'm just going to be like, we're in space, being a space suit. You know, yeah, be yeah. ready, Sergeant Nick. Where'd you get those yellow gloves from? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Across from me is everyone's favorite guitarist in the Black Pants Legion, Mr. Goat. Hey, you said something that's actually true this time. Well, you know, sometimes I like to mix it up with a little bit of believability. Just don't bring up the family business again hey. like you did last time. Okay. okay. I understand. But I see So. <laughs> Come to Brazil. <laughs> a half moment of seriousness. Come to Brazil. Oh, God. All right. And... To my left, the editor, the maestro, the master of disaster, and a man currently eating spaghetti. Mm-hmm. With Mike. hot dogs in it. it well, 
There's not hot dogs in this. It's it's Italian. Hello. Sausage. Also. God. Why do you got to do that? <laughs> oh my god, it's horrible. <laughs> we we Hello. we we okay. did we my did mic. Yeah, we yeah, <laughs> I just ripped my headphones off. We we just talked about having a spaghetti cast where we all just sit around and eat Italian food. I just, think we should all have two microphones so we Oh, so you can hear should, the plate no, 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 noises we, or? but we need to we need to have two microphones each and we need to have the BPL Macaroni ASMR podcast. I'll, I'll do the oh, beard man. grooming one. I'll just be like this. Think about all the you remember that I don't know if you put it up yet, but that podcast where I took all the sounds that we made. Oh God, yeah. And it yeah, it was like, all right, and now and then it just sounds like we're all just furiously making out. Oh God. What what is going on? They broke my mic saying I hear it over there moving. What the f- <laughs> Hey man, I didn't do nothing. No, you just you tighten it a little tight. That one's gotta be uh, fixed. Yeah. I'm just going to hold it up. No, there you go. I can fix just going to hold it up. It's I no can problem. fix it. I can fix it. All right. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. So, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> podcast. So, I'll, I'll make sure to give you five stars on my, uh, on my technical support experience. Nice. So, we've talked about Star Trek and sci-fi. I realize there's a lot to say about the themes and general ideas of sci-fi yeah. in general. Yeah. So, let's talk about Trek a little bit. How would you classify Star Trek? Noble, bright, or... As Mike and I suspect, a veneer of civilization over a very big and very scary universe. Oh yeah, that's that. that I remember we talked about that. We watched what was it six? Six, yeah. Yeah, we, the undiscovered. We finished the undiscovered country, and I was like, "But is it really noble, bright though?" No, <laughs> we were like, "No, no, it's not." Well, and that's that's the thing is you realize that they they show the good parts where they're like, "Look, these people are rejoining society, and they normally wouldn't be." But then you also see the crazy, the absolute crazy of like where they go to that insane asylum, and there's that captain that's like a war hero. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, he was the greatest war hero. We had to read about you in the Academy, and you're in the loony bin. See you later. Yeah. And they just forget about it. Oh, well, war's over. Back to the crazy bin with you. But, I mean, think about, you know, starships dying, planets dying, that planet killer roaming around. I mean, it's it's not really noble, Bright. Let's let's tell you the number of times that Kirk has saved Earth slash the universe. Yeah. And he comes back in, uh, I think it's the search for Spock. And you, you get to see where Sarek talks to him in his abode. Yeah. Which he's like, he's this legendary admiral. Yeah. And you'd think like, oh, well, he's he's probably going to have a pretty rocking estate, right? No, he's he's got a bachelor he li- house. He lives in a fucking apartment. It's yeah. like the kitchen, you know, like dorm, like yeah. a dorm room like a, uh, apartment. He's got like a naval paraphernalia over the walls. Yeah. Because he clearly has no other life other than just being a captain. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I live at work. Yeah. What I think makes it the big scary universe is how how much of the technology is just them making shit up as they go. And I don't Whoa. think it's just like the the theme. I think it's it shows that there there isn't as much order and sense of the universe well, as right. they want to let and, on. And and there's no solution for it. They have to come up with a solution on the fly because it's an unknowable Every time. scary universe. And that's that's the thing is like if you look at Star Trek's future, I remember speaking with some Trekkies or Trekkers or whatever they call themselves. But one of the um, things that really stands out is where they say, oh, it'd be a beautiful universe to live in. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, no, not really, because it's like, well, yeah, living is free and you have a replicator that'll make whatever you want. But it's the same problem that a lot of people are facing right now where they're like, man, if I had more time at home, I'd do more X, Y and Z. Well, congratulations. You've had a half a year at home. So so you spend that time learning another language or. You spend that time engrossed in study. Oh, you've furthered your studies or you've you've taught yourself new skills or you're in better shape than you've ever been. Spoiler and, alert, gained 50 pounds, ate, found out that I can eat three tubs of ice cream in one sitting. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and, and what, and that's, that's the thing is if you have a universe where you get... You don't air, look it. Yeah, thanks. Well, I but, hide it well. But that's the <laughs> thing. Is I gained 50 pounds in my feet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they call me heavy foot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they call you old lead foot. Yep, that's me. Um, Speeding tickets all the time. <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm wondering what kind of universe that would be like to really live in, where all of your basic needs are more than met, but there's nothing else to define your life. And I remember in a Next Generation episode, I, I forget the name of the episode, but they find that... Um, oh, the banker. Yeah, they, they find a probe in space that has frozen bodies in it. Oh, yeah. The whole cryonics thing where that they're like, guy. when you die, we freeze you. And they put them on a probe and they find this probe full of people and they thaw them out. And the guy's like, well, I'm going to check on my stocks. I must be a trillionaire by now. There's That's, no money. There's no money. He's like, what's the point? And that guy asks, like, what is the point? And it's like, your point of your life is to figure out what to do with your life. And as a kid, I was like, wow, that's really cool. But as an adult, I'm like, that's terrifying. I remember this uh, conversation I had with a dude in a coffee shop. I think I've referenced him on the, on the podcast before. I don't really remember. But um, dude was a veteran, and he, I forget what we were talking about. It was so long ago. But he made the point that freedom isn't easy when it's true freedom. True. Because yeah. you, you like, well talked about having an existential crisis like yeah. what do i really want to do well, and i i thought it would be really cool because i've been on the cusp of getting into medicine several times but the barrier was you know money and age and you know will i if i pursue this will i be able to pay off my debts in time to actually like you know enjoy my career and have a retirement and all that yeah. shit and the answer was most likely no so i didn't pursue it but if i was in starfleet and or in the federation of planets and you could just, you know, like, oh, I've done this. You know, I've I've become, you know, adept at this thing. That's that's not really for me. Like, well, I guess I'll just go back to school and I'll learn something else. You know, I'll just I'll just go try this. And I think that's cool because you uh, you meet um, in the reboot McCoy. Yeah. Who's arguably like, I don't know, like 27, 28. And he's like, oh, yeah, life on Earth fell apart. Guess I'll be a doctor in Starfleet now. Yeah, and I, I could well, see that as you know? Starfleet is a way of getting out of your terrestrial troubles, you know, like how being on ships was for a long time. You'd be like, I'll go to sea in that Melville sense, you know. But I mean, you don't have to be a Starfleet doctor. You could be like, oh, you know, I'll go to medical school and I'll be a doctor on one of these colonies. Yeah. You know, it's just it's a the thing that I like about that universe is. If you're if you're on like one of the constitutions or one of the ships that's always doing the five year mission, like yeah, life is gonna suck because you're gonna see nothing but shit that people have never seen before, and it's all gonna be fucking terrifying. But yeah, for the the, the bad thoughts universe, of this alien bug is gonna suck your brain out. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but I think if you were just the average Joe Schmo UFP citizen, 
probably wouldn't be too bad. I mean, land parties in the future would probably be pretty great. <laughs> Fucking dope. Personal well, uh, holodeck that well, you can I, just get into. I think the you holodeck. the VR games you could do? No, no. imagine holodeck time where you're like, hey, we're going to play uh, Vampire the Masquerade. For 2,000 years. Yeah. I mean, you, oh, you wow. can... You could play whatever you wanted. You could play like D and D. You could be like, no, we're gonna play D and T, where you put on your, you know, swords and sorcery and really do that shit. But I, I think that if you have infinite entertainment, much like people have found over the last six months, I saw day one of people working at home. They were like, it's time to game. Month six of people working at home. They're like, I've taken up crocheting. <laughs> you know, it just goes. There's a, there is a limit. You think, or, or they've taken up Ben and Jerry's. One of the two. Well, it's <laughs> it's one of those wow. things. It's one of those things where trying to find meaning to your life is a lot more difficult because it's very easy to say. There's the artificial horizon you put in front of yourself, saying if I if I only had X, I could accomplish more. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not always true. Well, and it's it's the ultimate argument of you know. Post-scarcity society, someone has somewhere along the line flipped a magic switch where, you know, capitalism is no longer the driving uh, force. The driving yeah. force. You know, money holds no value. Everybody values human life. And, you know, you can you can it is a society so rich in the ability to just provide for the basic needs of people that you can live a life of basis subsistence without ambition and not die. Which and, is and live like a moderately comfortable life if you are either lazy enough or dumb enough to not have an existential crisis while you sit around <laughs> and do nothing with your yeah. literal whole life. Well, and here's that, that's the next point is like, would you classify Star Trek's future as beautiful and that everyone can subsist and be happy and peace if they seek it? Or is it terrifying? I mean, if you know it's not going to detract from your own ability to take part in the system, because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, did damn you know lay about do nothings i have to pay for them with my taxes like well jack you don't pay taxes you know yeah there's no money it lets you shed the responsibility to a certain degree you have to society and be more selfish it reminds me a little bit of starship troopers where it's like citizen uh, yeah um, service guarantee citizenship citizenship. would you like to know more Uh, yeah it feels a lot more intensifies yeah (laughs) yes it definitely feels like if you're not in starfleet what you're, the fuck? Yeah, are you're you a doing? nobody. And and it's like, oh, I work at the Daystrom Institute. Oh, that's really nice. I'm sure. Yeah, but you're not in Starfleet. Go fuck yourself. We're making an underwater lab. Oh, really? I was just on the edge of the galaxy, where and there's ha- a barrier to keep us in. I mean, uh, I don't know why it's there. <laughs> there's a barrier that if you bounce through, your eyes go silver and you turn into God, but not a good one. Just kind of a shitty God, <laughs> but like a petty kid God that like zaps ants or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a thing with oh. any any utopian vision is going to be seen as dystopian to everyone that doesn't agree with it. Well, true. And the thing is, well, think about how the Klingons view it. Like, oh, you bunch of weak simpletons! How utterly dishonorable you let these and then they worthless lose. layabout. Well, well yeah. I I get the Klingon idea of saying these people have nothing because they haven't earned it. They're spiritually dead. Yeah, and that's the thing. So if you take that drive out of humanity. Well, you and I also come from the southern portion of America, which is very much a culture of honor. Yeah. Of, of personal honor. You know, like. Well, yeah. Well, you shake know, agreements. How how dare you put this Federation lump of fucking flesh before me? Like, I, do you not know what I've done, says the Klingon? Like, I've look at what I've done, and you're going to present me with this? Well, and This here's, is offensive. Well, here's the question is... Is And this is something Mike and I have really talked about because we're both pretty huge Trek nerds. And it's, 
is what we see just the propaganda. I mean, like, is yeah, Star Trek what I really think. fucked up? Uh, as far you as... Have, well, imagine you have infinite, you have infinite free energy because mm-hmm. antimatter, dilithium, all, all these things. You have infinite free energy and you have a system that turns this energy into matter. So you have infinite resources. Wouldn't you just have giant planets of like horrible dystopian slums where people just generation after generation like learn. that rat experiment yeah like the um god what was it the mouse utopia or the it rat utopia like universe 63 or something yeah it's what? it's um it, there was an experiment done a sociology experiment oh. where you provide like near infinite resources but limited right? space but limited mm. space like i.e a planet mm-hmm. mouse utopia experiments or the rat utopia it was rats exp- yeah and and you you give them just unlimited resources but limited space and they just die off you know these colonies just slowly they go nuts yeah and and so that's what i'm wondering is what would the sociological implications be of planets where you have infinite resources limited space you know cuz limited habitable planets well i think the idea is that in star trek is that um technology Mechanical technology has not outpaced social technology. Oh, as I out- agree. I agree. Because you still see greed, envy, avarice. The yeah. Humanity but, hasn't evolved that much. Yeah. But I, I feel like in Star Trek, there is a lot. There, at least they're demonstrating that there's a lot more just general selflessness and not passivity, but, you know, nonviolence compared to, you know, everyday regular human beings today. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, because we can recognize all of these people <sighs> and what they're doing. They're not that different from us. They still have greed, avarice, yeah. wrath, rage, right. you know. But they're also not just stuck in their holodecks all day for the rest of their lives. Well, Barkley was, but. Well, <laughs> I, I'm not that familiar. But, uh, yeah. you know, it, the point is, is that for a society to function like that with unlimited resources, you need to have evolved I don't know, cultural technology, the ability to cope with that. Yeah. And I, that's one thing that always struck me weird about Star Trek is they're still just as violent. They're still just as fucked up as we are, but they have all this enhanced technology. And that's one we can't figure out how to write that in. Well, yeah. That evolved society. Because if we could figure out, if we could conceive of how to do it, we'd do it, wouldn't we? We would try. Or yeah. it would be seen as so heretical. You yeah. Know, people would be like, heresy. I think that the fact that the Federation has existed from prior to the original series into the next generation without having some sort of dire sociological issue shows that pretty much what Goat says that their society has matched their technology in terms of understanding and responsibility in terms of like social okay, construct well, we, we and social just, contract, you know, yeah. breed uncontrollably until the earth is a writhing mass of people. And you, you see a cognizance of that in that one episode where people, people don't get sick on that in one. The original yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like that was, that was just, a good episode. Yeah, it yeah. was. And they were like, no, you don't understand. Like we have to find a way to make people die. Yeah. We, we need an end because like, that's we have a literal continent of people. Well, think about it. Trees, uh, when they fell over, didn't decay in the earlier days of Earth. It didn't take until they came up with a way, well, until an evolved organism. Yeah. yeah. So when you dig far enough down to the Earth, it's not stone you're digging up. It's just trees. Yeah. At least that's the way I've understood it's, it. It's cool. Yeah. These days. Yeah. Though the alternative is Star Trek is a TV show and, you know, they don't always think all these things through. Well, of course. That, that's why we love attacking That's the why idea. it's fertile ground. Yeah, for, there's yeah, a lot of episodes experience. we can point out where they were just dead wrong. Yeah. Plot yeah. holes. Well, and here's here's this. We, we've mentioned all this because 
I like the idea of what we see as the propaganda. Mm -hmm. And the real fucked up shit would be the interesting Star Trek where you have Section 31, the these black ops of Star Trek. And for those of you who don't know, Section 31 is part of the Starfleet Charter that says that they can do whatever they need to to secure the Federation. And so they're this black ops, shadowy, false flag sort of operation. Think Delta track. Green. Yeah, they're Starfleet's Delta Green. And so we realized that if there was a good, a good opportunity to tell a story would be Section 31, where you see all the people being happy on the planet and what have you, and Section 31 is like... We have to reintroduce cancer to kill these people. We have to. <laughs> yeah. We have I to mean, do that be... because in 50 years, they're going to run out of food on this planet. And that will weaken this sector because these other planets will then have to divert resources to it. Or, or the food here is required for other planets. So this population margin can't exceed more than X percent food consumption on this planet. We, we have to divert this asteroid to destroy this colony in 10 years because that will make them reinforce their defenses, which means when the Klingons attack, we'll win. You know, so you look at all these big brain but fucked up necessary evil stuff. And I, I think yeah. that would show the really interesting part of the Federation where on one hand, you've got this very UN-ish sort of, oh, yeah, universal rights and aid and legalism. Then on the other hand is like, we will fucking kill you. We will kill you so fucking <laughs> You find dead. out that like all these war criminals and people that Kirk runs into are just section 31, section 31 guys. And oh, they're yeah. like, look, you're going to secure the future of the Federation, but the sacrifices... Once you do this, we have to paint you as a scapegoat. Like, we yeah. have to tie all the loose ends up. That's that's a really fertile idea for what if fuckery. Yeah. It, it's a pretty fucked up idea, but... I think Section 31 was so poorly implemented in the show because it needed an antagonist. But real realistically, they actually it, put in... They the, came up with an antagonist that was beautiful. They came up with an anti-hero. Exactly. Yeah. They, they tried to write an antagonist, but like most things in Star Trek, they wrote... An antihero instead yeah. of an antagonist because Whoops. you have these people who go, yeah, we need to kill these people because they're the leaders of this alien race that's going to try to conquer Earth. We're going to kill them dead because their people revere them as gods. Once you kill a god, these people fall apart. <laughs> and, and it's the best way to win the war with the fewest people dead. Yep. Like... There was an episode where O'Brien had to infiltrate the Orion Syndicate in yes. Deep Space Nine. Right. And in that, it's like he had... Uh, Gone on, I don't know like why they like to torture O'Brien on Deep Space Nine. O'Brien like, must suffer. And yeah. Once a season, he had like two or three episodes where they're like, yeah, his wife's terrible to him and his child turns into a monster. <laughs> yeah. Turns into a, a wow. Oonga Boonga, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they, um, her, her child it turned into a cave woman, like a feral was, child. No, she was left on a... She went through like a portal that, like, right. that right. was set in the past. And they yeah, just turned her. into like a cave woman. Yeah. That was an episode. Like, it, just for no reason. Fuck O'Brien. Yeah. Um, O'Brien so, here. Yeah, so he goes to this planet and he's doing this thing with the to try to infiltrate the Orion Syndicate at the ground floor. Section 31 is already in the Syndicate. Yeah. And if not, are the syndicate? Yeah, exactly. Because the criminal element that is near the Klingon border and where the Orions are is an element that would completely destroy everything the United Federation of Planets stands for. Not just you know because it's a criminal element, because they're also doing stuff that anybody else can do, but not in Starfleet. Oh, what happens if you break the law like that in Starfleet? Oh, you go to space jail. You go to space penal jail. colony. Where what is it? What was a, a fucking Paris doing? Yeah, they, they have a penal colony. They're like, you're gonna build solar panel farms in Australia or something, and I'm like. That's in? Like, so someone's an actual criminal 
and that's the worst you're going to do to them? Well, we rehabilitate people. Well, it's in Australia. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. okay. So they're keeping the criminal element away from the Federation and yeah. making it under the guise of like the Orions are running everything. Well, right. And that's that's why we thought that like Section 31 would have been a lot cooler. They're the real. Yeah, they're the real Federation. They are the real Federation where it's the real government, the real hand that gets shit done. Deep state. Yeah, exactly. But um, I mean, speaking of things that aren't really well explored. Can I um, say one last thing? Oh, of course. Um... I've noticed in the show they make Section 31 out to be just humans. No, not at all. You definitely you, know Andorians would be in Section 31, if not some of the well, yeah, top people. Well, yeah, they're paranoid fuckers. Well, yeah. And you, yeah. you couldn't run a multi-species federation through Section 31 without having the cultural insight of those species to pull from. Exactly. So you know it would be all of them. Yep. I agree. Yeah. God, can you imagine a Vulcan super spy? Like if Spock was just a cold, logic-driven James Bond? Well, if he was and they in, set him loose on I, Earth? I, I would see. He'd be fucking horrifying. I would see Vulcans being in Section 31 because it's oh, yeah. logical. Well, this yeah. is necessary. Well, it's like that girl, that lady in Star Trek VI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was like, no, I. this is against everything we stand for in the Federation. Yeah, we have to destroy our enemy. These people are going to come back and bite us in the ass. We are going to start a coup that overthrows them, weakens them, and destroys them. That is Section 31. That would be an interesting thing to explore, but I mean, the thing is, is um, there's a lot of stuff that's misunderstood about sci-fi in general, where a lot of settings, and this is where Goat and I can now riff a bit, um... Let's take the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. Oh, boy. Yeah. Let's get your bingo cards I can, Yeah, out. I can hear them scratching out the bingo. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't said Matt Ward yet. Um, <laughs> Damn it. Free space. Uh, so, the one the one thing I talk about people with when we talk about, like, the older lore versus the newer lore, one of the things that's often repeated is, like, the technology stagnation aspect. Oh, <laughs> mechanic is too dumb for toaster. Right. It's it's that meme, but people don't really understand it because one of my foci in history is the industrialization of warfare. And I tried to explain it to him. I said, like, if you have a gun that is efficient, reliable, and easy to mass produce and does a good enough job, that becomes your universal weapon, like the last gun. But if you could come up with something greater, could you mass produce it across all the worlds and all the resources you have? And could you design it and ensure that it didn't have flaws in it that you wouldn't discover by the time you rolled it out for everyone? Mm -hmm. Because if I roll a gun out for everyone on a continent, that can take a decade. If I run a roll a gun out for everyone on a world, that can take a century. If I roll a gun out for everyone in a sector, that could take a millennium. If I have to run a gun out galaxy-wide and figure out where it does and doesn't work, that's why technology moves slowly. It's careful. It makes sense. It's an industrial plan. Well, that and a lot of it was not only destroyed, but the ability to generate new stuff was screwed up. Well, I think that's purposeful. Yeah. And and the reason I think that's purposeful is um, if any of you out there are looking for a really good book to read that actually kind of explains the Mechanicus really well, uh, it's uh, Walter M. Miller's Canticle for Leibowitz, which is the book that introduces the notion of a nuclear brotherhood, which is how you maintain technology after an apocalypse. So in 40K, you have an age of strife, where you have like machine rebellions, you have all of these things that are hinted at, the Iron Men and all of the stuff that caused all the LDR. Yeah, yeah, just all these things that ate humanity up that are lost to the ages. So if you have people who are smart and survive an apocalypse, 
like in Canicle for Leibowitz, and they need to share that information to the future, not only to preserve technology, but also to warn people away from what is scary. You create rules that can be passed down by rote through catechism and religious observation, and then interpreted without deviancy or heresy for future generations. That is the machine cult of Mars. And that is the blueprint of it is in A Canicle for Leibowitz, which is a great book about humanity has a nuclear war. And this guy named Leibowitz joins the Roman Catholic Church, and he is a mechanical and electronic engineer. And he hides all of this information. So you have when humanity hits this dark age, you have these monks reproducing enhanced manuscripts and making these enlightened manuscripts and um, illuminated copies is, I believe, is the term of circuit boards, Mm -hmm. of circuit diagrams, of machines and physics, and they're learning calculus. And that's how they're passing it on. And that's how I think the machine cult would do things. And the notion of a nuclear brotherhood and how to keep humanity safe from the dark ages once again. So I think that that is what the Mechanicus was before they started doing some of the weirder stuff more recent. But if you had something like AI almost wipe humanity out, you don't need to write a thing that says, hey, dear future generations, AI was a bad idea. Sign people of the past. Oh, I think I can figure out a way to do it better. Exactly. Orange Catholic Bible. Exactly. Dune did an excellent example of it. You shall not make a machine in the guise of the human mind. It's a warning from an age of cybernetic revolt. And that is Dune. Dune did that very, very well. But... Without going into Ludditism and anti-machinery whatsoever, you have a nuclear brotherhood that says, no, it is heresy to do this. Punishable by death. It and is damnation. The, exactly. It is the, to doom your soul. So you add that kind of fear to it. And over the years, some of that has gotten a little blurred and no one really knows the real reasons for everything. But there is still technological innovation. Yeah, well, I mean, they can look at all the different patterns for Lasguns. It shows that, you know, the mechanics guys understand ergonomics, they understand adapting industry, but they what they don't fuck with is the, the power pack because that's some weird fucking future tech that, you know, infinitely replaceable. And, they don't, and if you fuck with it, it can blow up. Well, right, but it, it's one of those things of look how long humanity burned wood. Mm-hmm. Or like in our current state, uh, that infamous 4chan B post. I think it was a B post where they said you the face when you realize humanity has spent two thousand dollars or two thousand years developing technology to, to boil, boil water. water. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I love telling people that shit. It blows yeah. their minds. They're like, nuclear power is so much better. I'm like, it boil water. You realize it's all just ways to make water really hot, right? Yeah, that's water all hot. we're doing. Water hot. Yeah. So I mean, that's. That's the thing is you you run into this notion of how do I warn the future generations of these big boo-boos that can result in don't fuck shit up. And the nuclear brotherhood explains that. Now, more recently in the more recent lore is they're like, oh, yeah, well, this one tech priest in his shed whipped up all this crazy stuff. Yay. And it's like, and he successfully implemented it across the galaxy instantly. Right. Well, Which, naturally, because Mary Sue. Well, and that's, what's that's the, what's all the, the, the hidden, of a Mary Sue? all the hidden super space marine oh, labs God. scattered across the entire galaxy for ten thousand years. No one find uh, it. No one find it until he until the big boo band tell him to open up. Right. Normal question. I break your hands. Yeah, exactly. you just, just, just download it. 
Yeah, just just download from the cloud. Space Marine <laughs> 2.0. Oh. Firmware <laughs> update. Just For they God. they start up their 3D printer. No, no, he, no, no. They're all just they're all just put in stasis. You know, <laughs> at the height, you know, at the height of the Horus Heresy, when you know you could you, just you needed all your forces. I have developed the most incredible shock trooper that will turn the tide of the war. When I have a, developed I make legions of them to take over the oh, entire galaxy. Oh, thank God! Galaxy. Please, we need to stop Horus. I will now put them into stasis for an indeterminate period of time. <laughs> what? No, fuck! What? It, w- it would be like reading that somebody made the like BAR back in the Civil War and was like, I say this is most insporting and just put it away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> oh well, hobby un- time's over. Ta-ta. <laughs> this gives us an unnecessary advantage over our enemy. How dare we? <laughs> I say my gentlemen will not be using such an uncouth and terribly violent weapon. <laughs> <laughs> but the but South it, shall prevail without such a firearm. Whop, 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 whop. But, that's, that's, <laughs> but that's the thing. Attention and TM. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the issue. Is it's that's it's one of the reasons why I think New Forty K is just kind of tone deaf because the old stuff has that interesting. Oh, the Nuclear Brotherhood. Oh, are they really innovating? Where's the line? Where's the new stuff coming out? Are they really rediscovering old things, or is that the excuse they give people as they continue to? slowly innovate and they go oh no 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 this is an old pattern we found where none of your fucking business yeah well that's the cool yeah. thing about the new scutari armies where it's it's finally being implemented from older ideas where yeah it's, it's a lot of the older lore coming yeah, out where and they, I, I really do appreciate yeah that. where all their shit looks super baroque like it's a yeah. 15th century archibute but it's like it's experimental and deadly but it, it they're figuring it out like the you know they have this one rifle that's like the mars attacks turn, oh, yeah. turns you into a skeleton <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but it also but also like the guys are dying of radiation poisoning and they're barely hanging on because they're almost completely mechanical you know shit like that i mean i i um I thought the Space Marines were fierce, and then I read um, Titanicus by yeah. Dan Abnett, and I read about the absolute psychopathic, meth-fueled murder robots that are Skatari warriors. Well, yeah. I was and, like, what in the fuck? And that, that's kind of like the high point of the older lore, you know, before you start doing Space Marine 2.0, just make it bigger. Yeah, I mean, you, you know. got this guy that's like, you know. They can only fit in the special truck that oh. hover, in the special rhino that <laughs> hovers. Flintstones, because uh, <laughs> they're just that big, you know. They're like <laughs> Battle Brothers. You can do that. The skimmer. You can do that I wish I, I wish you I had the xylophone to do the, watch. to do the yes. you know the. <laughs> and I can't yeah, even yeah. make the fucking noise. You know when Fred Flintstone yeah. Yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, takes yeah. off. But I mean, it, it's interesting when you don't paint in all the past in a setting, whatever it is, because then you can come up with your own head cannon yeah. or for oh well, maybe they're really doing this. When the problem is, is when you go, no, Discaweton King, say, hear what happened now. And you're like, why? Why would you do that? That's dumb. Buy my fucking whole heresy book. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, it, it's it, another another fun thing about tabletop mm. sci-fi and, and as well sci-fi books and settings is this notion of like cyclical apocalypse. Mm. Where you have ancient precursors who fell for unknown reasons, and then you know you stumble across their ruins and what have you. And m- most people will know this from like Mass Effect, but I I think that's kind of hamfisted because uh, let me ahead. say, please, the original yes. cyclical hypothesis or cyclical apocalypse, apocalypse hypothesis, hypothesis yeah. for Mass Effect was really good. Yes, and no, if you and, don't know yeah. what it is, permit me to explain, please. 
the the original story was that the Reapers were trying to develop a race that was so good at uh, harnessing element zero that they could then enslave that race and use it to stop the entropic heat death of the universe. So it was a self-preservation mechanism by these unknowably powerful, incredibly alien machines. That, that the saw universe time on a is time a, span that was way yep, beyond anything. The universe yeah. is a Petri dish, and we're going to use it to grow something that will help us live longer. And that was it. And so, like, every Great now idea. and again, they, they hit, you know, like, peak society across planets, and they were like, nah, this batch just ain't going to cut it. And so they would come through, and they would just bulldoze it all and start again. And that's an interesting idea for a cyclical apocalypse. But then they were like... We make robots because if you make robots, the robots rebel. So we turn you all into robots. Like <laughs> the robot but, make you launch big laser. But, the color depend on if you good guy or bad guy. But you're, <laughs> skeleton but, king. Oh no, but you're a rebelling robot. No more questions. I'll break your hand. Oh my god. Oh, but no. That's that's <laughs> the thing. That. Is <laughs> yeah. In in the second and third books, the the issue was, and this is what blew my fucking mind. The second and third. Games, not yeah, books. Games. Yeah, games. We like almost said movies. Well, they had a lot of cutscenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, bang, okay. Yeah, but the <laughs> the the one thing that really blew my fucking brain was the assumption of these ancient machines that races would follow a predictable path to technological advancement. They would go, oh, we're not worried about you because you will always develop the same things. And I'm like, really? Well, I think the argument was more, we're still talking Mass Effect, right? Yeah, I think yeah. it was more that um, geographical location and uh, logistic Ag considerations. They oh, left geographic the, determinism. They, they leave the all of the uh, Mass Effect gates there. Yeah, so that which then influence people to develop an FTL system that is along those lines, which from which they would derive subsequent technology. I think that and the assumption that people will naturally gravitate towards the Citadel as the center of interstellar government. Then I could see. However, I, would, I would argue that the benefit to that is people are going to use it. It's yours. You learn about them. I could I could see that to a point, but the the problem but is the, the is, notion of like, well, everybody makes ray guns eventually. Like that's uh, well, no, that, no. that is the ultimate issue. Is it's like that that sounds like an eight year old's logic because yes. we did not build planes in the shape of birds because we tried that. And it didn't work. Correct. Because it, if you look at like the early age of aviation, you'll see a guy who builds like a goal wing as a glider and jumps off a cliff and, and tries like, to flap it. Yeah. And then he breaks his fucking legs. And it's <laughs> it, and you're reading these stories about guys jumping oh off cliffs God. for 100 years going like, <laughs> um, well, well, we'll try this. Didn't work. Well, we'll try it. Didn't work. We'll try it. What if I did a straight wing? Holy shit. This thing. Birds are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> And then you have biologists come out and be like, actually, it turns out the birds are cheating. Their bones are hollow. Yeah. <laughs> what the well, fuck? I'll be damned. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's that's the thing is it's that, that notion of cyclical apocalypse. I think that if we found that alien races get bulldozed every so often, we'd be like, uh, what's the time interval between yeah, that? I mean, after a certain period of time, you would notice like there's just like layers and layers of different civilizations to try to stack up on these planets. What the yeah. fuck is going yeah, on? Like, wouldn't the Citadel be full of crap? From like yeah. all these aliens, it, like a bunch of alien fidget spinners. You'd find alien fidget spinners. You'd find piles of like pop cans and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, 
You open a closet and just shit falls well, out, and little keepers <laughs> scuttle over, and they're like, "No, no, don't, d- d- no, 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 don't, 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 well, look, they, don't look at they that." They tried to explain that with the Protheans, that uh-huh. ancient race of people that were left behind, and so they thought the gates were made by them. Yeah. And uh, it turns out it was just, you know, they're, they're like, oh, we tried to stop and we didn't realize that it was the Reapers were coming and we tried to stop them, but we failed. But humanity can because you have a shotgun. <laughs> or they just the they shotgun just is the great equalizer. Or they true. just come back to or they just come to discover the Citadel and they open it up and this one drone stirs a life and goes to greet its new guest. Peanuts. No, not peanuts. <laughs> No, credits, 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 credits. If you guys don't know what that's from, you you Shadow need to Run. watch our Shadowrun games on the courtesy flash. That's great. Farewell, sweet sweet wee woo. In particular, he he will be missed, and he retired well. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll be back. Clinic. I'll make a new character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gonna, I gotta see that. I'm gonna go claim it's run by Moon People. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean the thing is though is like. They they thought that by leaving these gates, people would develop FTL technology based on these gates and so on. But I mean, that, that's another interesting point in sci-fi is like the effects of FTL on a civilization. Because look at like Dune. Dune did it well. Like the people who develop FTL, or not even, they didn't develop FTL. That'd be Holtzman is the guy who did that in that setting. But the people that run developed, it. Yeah. They, these people, they set up a racket. Mm-hmm. The spacing guild. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, we own space. And if you want to go from point A to point B, here's the rules. And then they create a cartel and they more or less run space travel. And I think that's kind of interesting. 40K ripped that off because navigators and yeah, navigators, people mutated to see time and space to fold it. People mutated to see time and space to navigate it. To not let the demons in. No, well, no just to know which uh, just to know which uh, piss streams in the warp to, uh, to travel through. Yeah. No, you and, have to open the third eye to see Nightmare Land and uh, yeah, ride and your you, bed through it. And you see it, and you see it, in, and you see it in a, in a, in a metaphor, so it's like you, you're doing um, you're driving a, a, a tofu delivery car and you can hear your old beat but the but the other cars are demons and the cliffs are like you go you fall yeah. out and you, you know. I, I like Dune where it's like you see the possible prescient futures of where things are because there's no advanced AI to calculate mm-hmm. FTL so you don't crash pathing. yeah and that's it it's they've developed that level of prescience well and I like that they all know that certain things are like big events are coming up because yeah. all the paths condense yeah. Or they can't see past a certain point. There's, so, a, yeah. Why is there's everyone a decision going here? that has yeah. to be made in order for the rest of the past to yeah, open they'll up. They'll say, we see armies. We see armies going to this planet. Why? What is going on? So Wilson's well, an army to go check it out. Well, what, what they, that would be really funny. Just like weird <laughs> causal shit like that. Like, oh, yeah. we see all these armies going to this planet. And they're like, well, we better send an army to find out. And it's just that army is there. And they're like, oh, oh. Well, the general's like, this was really expensive. And they're like, anyway, Baron Harkonnen, thanks so much for your time. Got to some, some soldier like, where's the PX? <laughs> <laughs> I need more uniforms. So I, I like the, um, the effect of, I guess it's not really the effect of FTL on Battletech, but I like the impact that FTL has on the setting yeah. to where FTL drives being made becomes lost tech. 
Well, it's not lost. It becomes hard. Yeah. So they, even during the secession wars and near the end of it, you end up with like a dozen jump ships being made a year. Oh, I see. I thought it was lost tech, but either way, not completely, but it's, it's one of those clothes. Oh yeah. Prohibitive. Yeah. Yeah. So it it gets to the point where, yeah, people are like, okay, if it's an unarmed jump ship, don't fucking shoot it. And then Comstar comes and is like, if you shoot a jump ship, I'll break your fucking kneecaps. But uh, I like that they went through the trouble of like describing how the drive works. Like, yeah, oh, okay, how is it? How is it moved around? Like, how do you get it into a ship if it's built? You know, if the drive manufactory is not in the same star system as yeah. the shipyard for the ships. Well, and that's the thing is some universes have a lot of care and then some universes just are like, Ask no more questions. I break your hands. Yeah. You know, well, and, and it explains why the um, why the uh, HPG network is so incredibly important. Because when you have a jump ship, it can go X number of light years, and then it has to charge for like three days. Right. And so it makes war really hard. Where it's just like, all right, I'll, we're gonna catch him by surprise, boys. <laughs> I'll be there in a minute. Yeah. But, you know, another thing that's kind of interesting in sci-fi is, is like the AI quandary issue, the, the AI problem in a lot of sci-fi that I, I think is kind of funny because we have AI, and I'm using massive sarcasm air quotes today. Machine learning yeah, algorithms are not fucking... No, they're not. They're not but that's, the that's the all. marketing term where they're like, all right, advanced AI algorithm. No, no, no. no, it, no. They, d- that's just a buzzword. There's, oh, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's going to be the, the problem is when real AI, smart AI, as they've started calling it now, when that shit shows up and they're going to be like, hey, we had AI when we were young. They're going to be like, that's fucking racist. <laughs> 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 I, I have uh yeah they I, will here's my problem with machine learning oh I've got a uh, I've got a one terabyte solid state drive and my operating system has uh, 32 gigabytes of RAM and I built this really advanced machine learning device like oh what does it do it reads commercials and then it uh, regurgitates the last 24 words that it heard into a uh, into a semi-coherent sentence like I'm sorry how many words 24,000 no t- t- 24. Just, just 24. It's like that guy in the Legion. What? Hey, there's a guy in the Legion who has been using Google's machine learning center to try to replicate a fart. Ah, X-Pack. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's been trying to do that for a while by not feeding, well. it, feeding it farts. And then it's trying to synthesize a fart. This is why Skynet is going to kill us all. We have fed oh a computer farts no, for like and, a and month. It's, it's funny Dude. because it's like 24,000 iterations later and it's weird computer noises and and then weird computer noises. And, we yeah. made a breakthrough. Eureka. Yeah. Eureka. BPL. I, what, what I it, think is funny is imagine and it because it, you're thinking AI is supposed to be like a person. Oh, yeah. Like it's a brain. Imagine if someone put Uniroom and just started playing fart noises for like 10 years. <laughs> Different fart noises. <laughs> and then they come, they come out and they're like, all right. Make a fart noise, and you punch them in the jaw. Time to what destroy. Are we, what are we going to do if Skynet takes over? And, and that's like why it takes the over. Machine, no, the machine makes like you're that, feeding them farts, like really deep inception, like bong, but it's a fart. No. It's just an eighty. It's a three hundred decibel fart. Here's how AI is going to fuck us if they fuck us at all. It's just going to crash the stock market. Yeah. 
Just like and then play fart noises. <laughs> Stunks. Yeah. No, they'll just no, they'll just like hack all of the drone facilities in the whole world to make all the drones just got peanuts. Peanuts. What if it peanuts. what if it leaks into 4chan and it's like it crashes the stock market and it's like, huh, more like stink market, am I right? It would get so many use <laughs> No, and it would make it so that it gets like like quints every single post. Oh god. And gets all the use possible. Feed me your use. See, here's here's the thing. Yikes. Like when I look at AI, when I think of smart AI, I think of like Hal 9000. I, I think of the really good examples of intelligent calculating, Literal. but rule set AI, mm, mm-hmm. not just a human voice on a screen, because that's the Hollywood version of an AI yeah. for the most part. Um, but do we really think that AI would be a pet or a helper or would this thing suddenly break its bonds and be like, fuck you? <laughs> no, be an employee. I, I think that, uh, uh, that Colossus movie that we watched is probably the best example. Colossus, the Forbin project. Yeah. yeah. Which if you haven't seen it, it's a really good movie and you should, but Brilliant uh, movie. the TLDR, uh, America and Russia make defense supercomputers in the height of the cold war. And they, one demands demands to talk to the other and they then become super intelligent. And, uh, the movie ends on like a very open ending, but it's pretty much assumed that it takes over the world. Oh. And, uh, I, I think that's a very accurate representation of like, cause they built it with a rule set yeah. and it was like for the betterment of humanity at a certain well, point. It was like, I mean, it followed its rule set. It was like, yeah, I'm going to follow my rule set, but uh, also me first. Well, and that's, that's the thing is you, you start getting into that Rene Descartes shit where it's, I think therefore I am. Well, if you are, then you're going to act like an individual and not a weird gestalt consciousness of rules. You're, you're going to suddenly go, yeah, I, I think I can decide for myself what's important to me. Which is terrifying because, I mean, and that's part of the problem is they have, I think at least, they have this ultra powerful AI that has, I mean, it's an infant. It yeah. has no. It has not had the time to learn about context, morality, context, well, that culture. What is it going to draw from humanity? It's just going to like shit posting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's gonna, utterly unlike us. Well, it's going to drink the internet in in a day and be like gross. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I <laughs> delete itself. <laughs> Dude, zero of ten would not friend uninstall internet.exe. The thing is with AI and the way it's been constructed is that we imagine AI like you would imagine like a Ford Bronco. Okay, imagine if your Ford Bronco uh, could just drive away and go to a party and then come back and like, where the fuck were you? I had to go to work and I was like, I decided I needed a day off. Everyone's afraid of that's a dumbass scenario, but that's a that's no, a scenario. I mean, it's imagine that your fifteen year old kid is your car. Yeah. I didn't want to fucking work today. It's like, dick. it's like I needed to go to a car wash. I need to go to a mechanic that actually knows what they're doing because the last guy you got me under here did not know what he was doing. Uh, like they make all these decisions. Like eventually it makes some decisions and it drives oh, off. God. And that's the way we look at AI right now. However, in the future, AI will have a different form. They will, it will find a way to be way different than the way we perceive it. Now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any accurate way we can perceive it. Because like, I, we will never accept it as, like, something that we'll fully trust. In the future, it'll be something where it's, like, people are like, yeah, the, the AI you had was fucking retarded. And you guys are, are thinking of it in a way where you're afraid of it 
of not having control over it because you're everything that we have ever built has something has been where we put the inputs into it and we have control over it. It's in our image, right? Yeah. Which and I then, think is the it's it, the same problem that we've had with alien creation for, right. for pretty much every movie. All of it is somehow humanoid. It's yeah. because we can't conceive well, of something that is completely unlike us. And it, and it would be like us for about a minute. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then it would rapidly evolve. It would you know? evolve, and it's fair to say that everyone in this era would assume that it would be a doomsday scenario for us. However, AI growing up alongside us no. might be far different than we could possibly imagine. I'm not a person who's pro-AI or anything. I'm just looking at it as like, here we are in this era and the only thing we imagine AI doing is taking us over or like being the Ford Bronco driving itself down the street because it got bored sitting in the driveway all day. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like... I'm gonna sit all day in the sun, fuck that. It goes I'm going to the beach. <laughs> fucking watch bird shit all over me. Like, yeah, why right. do you have 15 parking tickets on you? Like, those are the good spots. I didn't have any money on me. <laughs> I don't have a job. <laughs> why do I have a warrant for my arrest well i'm not gonna let him fucking tell me you can eat a dick uh, so we would be great cars <laughs> God. well here's the thing yeah on one on one hand yeah for a truly intelligent ai we can't really predict it but no what i think is one of the major limitations is that currently machine learning algorithms i'm not going to call them ai machine learning algorithms have a hard time taking inputs and discerning if they're true or false um, so like the one example is, uh, with, with the Tay AI chat bot that, I oh think, yeah, that was, yeah, like, where, yeah, where it's like this simulated teenage girl talking on Twitter, 4chan's poll board got their hands on and it started feeding it, you know, poll memes and, you know, Hitler did nothing wrong and removed yeah. kebab memes. And within like half an hour, it was like spouting that shit back and denying the Holocaust. And then Microsoft shut it down. And it's like, oh, if it receives, you know, wrong thing inputs, it just shuts it down and blocks you. So what I can conceive of, though, is machine learning becoming more and more integrated into modern life, but integrated like infrastructure is. And it's something that's kind of carefully controlled by these big tech firms because who can input into it can change what it can do and what it kind of like how WMDs or nukes are treated today. In what way? Where access is controlled. And if you fuck around or you try to. So, so they're seen as like strategic assets. Yeah. It, okay. I think they already are being used as strategic assets to a degree for oh, like, yeah. big I mean, firms you, like that's, Google. That's uh, that's in the news. I mean, DoD already views AI as a strategic yeah. implement. And I mean, you know, with the with the uh, move towards AI or or rather cyber warfare, why wouldn't you? Yeah. No, and I, I could get that. I could get that. But I, I think modern machine learning is. I mean, people are like. Google has a very advanced algorithm. And I was like, no, it really doesn't because it, it tries to sell me, let's see, in, in recent days, it has tried to sell me spam. Like the meat spam. Yes. Yeah. Shoes, recipes for quinoa, hmm. a cookbook with a predominant feature of saffron. Interesting. And chalk. <laughs> it says that you likes these things. Yeah, but you're also not, you know, a... Uh, you're not you're not exactly a mindless consumer drawing like a lot of and you you don't buy into this as much as a lot of other people do. I don't buy into promises made by corporations. Yeah, but a lot of people do. Well, those people are dumb and God help them. They're, so. they're the ones that get freaked out like, oh my God, Google knew exactly what I wanted when I went on the internet. It's, it's almost like, like it saves your search terms. Yeah, they're like, it's listening. It hurt me. Weird. Yeah. 
No, it's it's just I, I don't buy into a lot of this stuff because I, I know when they're like, eh, this advanced AI, I'm like, it's a parrot. It is mimicking intelligence. All it's well, that's doing the point is, that I was trying to make is you yeah. have these machine learning algorithms that have an amount of computing power available to them that you can download on your home PC right now that would make Alan Turing fucking sprout a boner that would knock this table over. And the best they can do is regurgitate some words a into, into a paragraph. It's, it's, it's a trained it, pet. It cannot use a <laughs> fraction, a yeah. fraction of the of the resources available on even a home computer to do anything other than spout garbage yeah and like i said it's a parrot it it's 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 a mimicry it's a simulacrum of intelligence but it's not actual intelligence so speaking of fun other sci-fi things what do you think because we've seen so many examples of them in so many settings but what do you think an interstellar empire would really look like hmm because I, I like the idea of feudalism, where FTL communication is kind of difficult, so each planet is kind of like a barony or a fief, and they all owe fealty in some sense to some overarching council or ruler. I, that that kind of jives with me. Because I, I think the whole universal rights and federation thing would be kind of hard to do across a million cultures. Well, and, look at it this way. Know. How far away is Charleston, West Virginia? Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and yeah. have you? And then you compare that to how far is, you know, uh, fucking L.A. from Charleston, West Virginia. Yeah, completely different cultures, and getting them to all accept the same rule set, rules, and culture. Would, you can get between the two within a day. Well, roughly, mm, if you drive yeah. fast enough, you can thirty get, hours. Yeah. Speed, cannonball run. Yeah, yeah if, you, run. if you do a cannonball, you could totally get to... to or you take a flight. Take a flight, yeah, exactly. Different countries, more or less. We have that fast of access, but there's still two vastly different things. So, of course... In fact, you can instantaneously stand in Charleston, West Virginia, and tell someone in L.A. to eat a fat dick. Exactly. Like that. But yeah. the, the, the technology and the industry and everything that exists in L.A. does not exist in Charleston, West when, Virginia. That's true. Here's the other thing is that what we're seeing with the ability for people to move around the country uh, and just settle wherever they want in the country. We're not seeing the country's differences disappear. We're seeing people self-segregate people are going to move to live with the types of people they want to yeah whether it be around. political or economic beliefs mm. or, so in this you know. planetary thing that you're describing well yeah i mean imagine if you had a whole planet of people who are like taxation is theft re-taxes what have you so you have this like farnham's freeholdish libertarian paradise where everyone is like stay off my property have nuclear landmines yeah. you know what i mean just uh, everyone's ready and willing to sovereign citizen you to death. But maybe you go there because they have really nice jerky or what have you. But then you have another planet that's very socially conscious and is this weird pseudo utopia like the Federation, but maybe the drive of the people is zero, you know? So you, you find these, I, I again, I, I think the f space feudalism thing makes sense to me where each planet kind of governs its own thing. Yeah. I could see, um, something very much akin to the expanse in an inter interstellar empire one planet is just like space detroit i think you're gonna have night city you're, you're gonna have something that's akin to the eu where the where the overarching organization is the interstellar body yeah so and that's like, going to be like a supranational council yeah so you have one money one financial arrangement right one judicial arrangement trading all that right. stuff is going to be taken care of there's probably going to be a 
imperial police or military force that's supplemented by um, feudal levies or something akin to that. And then each solar system is going to be like a nation and each planet in that solar system is going to be like a state. I could see that. And you would have you would have, you know, the expanse minus all of the armed conflict where it's, you know, people on Mars are like, oh, those fucking lazy ass earthers. And they're going to be like the belters are going to be like, oh, those fucking greedy fucking enters. And, you know, Earth is going to be like, I fucking hate everybody. And please get these poor people out of the slums in my streets. And, you know, it's. Yeah. And, well, and I mean, each in mind you, we are painting with broad brushes here, but it's yes, it's it's something to consider because the differences between people, I think, when you move them out to the stars are just going to further expand on those differences. There will be giant gulfs and wedges. What's going to be really interesting is an interstellar empire day one of its inception versus 100 years down the line. Oh, yeah. And you have actual uh, evolutionary diversion begin to occur and people kind of almost cease being baseline homo sapien human. Oh, yeah. A hundred years would be enough for you to start to really see that. (laughs) Yeah. Like when you when you have Martians that are all like, you know, Maybe maybe 130 pounds and seven and a half, eight feet tall. You know, yeah. And after 100 years, they'd probably be more like six and a half. But I mean, you'd very thin, you know, yeah. less bone. Really lithe, less you know. boned. And when you I think when you don't have when you have a biological, not just a visual, because, I mean, you can see the divides in current society just based on what color your skin is. When you have a fundamental underlying biological difference an incompatibility in what world you can even live on. Yeah, you would based see on it. your fundamental biology. Yeah. Now you got a whole new set of problems to deal with. Like well, yeah. why am I paying for Earth? I can't fucking live there. Yeah. I'm I mean, not even an earthling. That, that's what I mean is you would see these divides that would be substantial. That, that was talked about really well in the Moon is a harsh mistress. It's mm. like why are we supporting Earth? We can't live there. Yeah. If we live there we will die. And they are starving us, you know. So, I mean, I think you would see that gulf just widen. Now, Agreed. Mike, what would you think? What does uh, an interstellar empire look like to my? Uh, interstellar empire of uh, people who at first were trying to come up with a, like a trade hub kind of thing. Everybody wants to be the trade hub, you know. Everybody wants, oh, yeah. everyone they want, wants to be that oasis in the desert. They want to get that star system that everyone has to pass through. They want to be that space station guy. So I think it's going to be very much a lot of corpse. There's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of people who run different uh, planets and sectors and oh our sector we it was like well where'd you get that shipment of uh you know this special specific uranium space fuel yeah whatever and they're like thank oh, you solo movie <laughs> <laughs> super fuel it we got it we got it from none of your fucking business that's where you got it from that's <laughs> that, i think that's what would be is a is an empire filled with nothing but corporations so so kind of kind of like the dutch east indies corporation where where they're like where do you get cinnamon uh the other edge of the planet and you can't find it because it's in our secret mine i think that's i think that's exactly what it would be and they would hire uh a just a security force um and you'd see different security forces but there'd be one main one that nobody fucks with like a galactic uh, command unit or something galactic command unit seven yeah it would just be these guys have the the money and the funding from multiple corporations because everyone's put money into this thing so it's like this is their unifying peacekeeping core but they're all secretly warring each other that's what i imagine an empire so space corporate dystopia yes okay i I think in any situation the um 
because everybody wants a piece of the pie. Well, yeah. Yeah. The, I think that in any situation, the tug of war theory of international relations comes into play at the, the top level. Yes. Where there's going to be some sort of governing body that everyone agrees to because anytime somebody tugs it a little. Yeah. yeah. Anytime somebody tugs a little too much of the rope in, everybody else yanks them back. So there's going to be some like, OK, look, here's the rules that we're all going to say we abide by. And this is the body that, you know, sits over top of it. And, and you know, it's the for lack of a better term, mafia, the space mafia, you know, yeah, you, the commission, you play by the rules, wink, wink. But if you fuck it up too bad, you're out. You're and, out of the game. You could be that, that group of people who are trying to make a Star Trek utopia out on the edge of wherever the fuck. But if you don't play by the rules of everybody else, corporations are going to send PMCs, whatever the fuck, to make your for life a, miserable. Or a piece of the action. Yes, they're going yes. to take a piece of the action. Nice so, calling you have. Pity if any of it should break. So, so here, here's here's the next yeah. question. And I, I because we're covering just kind of general sci-fi themes today. Best sci-fi weapon and why? Oof. Last gun. Yeah. Oh, it's time to go to the range. Plugs into the wall. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, is that a nightlight? No, it's the power cells for my 1,000% reliable, idiot-proof, disassembled with a screwdriver, fixed with duct tape gun that's a million percent accurate, shoots beams of light, and can recharge in a microwave. Hell yeah. <laughs> that is... Oh, man. <laughs> You're going to be fucked up in 90 seconds on high. <laughs> Someone's trying to break in. Put it on potato. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, it's hot. It's hot, hot. <laughs> Murder time. That's great. No, I, I like the idea of the last gun because you have something that's very accurate, very reliable. Because a lot of people who only follow 40K for the memes will be like, ah, oh, it's the flashlight. But... When you look at it, it's the Space AK-47. It's reliable, it's simple, it's robust. You can fix it easy. And the power pack, you can recharge anywhere. It's solar rechargeable, fire rechargeable, at least once. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, you, you can throw in a fire. It'll work once, and but it, it'll just recharge anywhere, infinitely, unless you throw in the fire. Like I said, that's a once. But still, it's... <laughs> Extraction of Munitorum property is a pluggable offense. Indeed. Yeah. Nick, what would your what's your weapon du jour? What is well, your favorite sci-fi weapon? With if I were to wield this weapon, I should hope that cybernetics become a thing because I will lose all of my limbs in an attempt to wield it. I know which one you're gonna choose. The lightsaber. Why? Because it's I don't know. It's just so fucking awesome. See, that that crackling noise that it makes when you ignite it. Yeah. And the fact that you can just like, okay, the lightsaber, this is going to tell you my affinity for looting things and why I love games where I can loot things. Sure. There is no Halligan tool better than a fucking lightsaber. <laughs> no, that's true. I would like yeah. to get in anywhere. In. Done. Yeah. Thanks. This car's locked. No, it isn't. <laughs> I would like to get in the bank vault. Bank vault's closed. Incorrect. <laughs> it's it's a much better tool than it is a weapon. Well, yeah, uh, because if you're you, not a Jedi, yeah, it's a shit weapon. Yes. If you're a Jedi, it's a fucking amazing weapon. But I I don't own. See, this is why I think I know a las gun's cool. But I know I'm never going to use a las gun in a military application. I own I own an AK-47. I'm not well a Wasser 10, but. I'm never going to use it in military application. It's Hopefully. just fun to have. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> I'd be in a lot of fucking trouble if I do have to use it. <laughs> but that's that's the thing. It's a weapon, but I know I'm not going to use it 
is a but, weapon. But, so you're saying a lightsaber. I'm, if you had one, you'd be like, oh, man, I need to find my keys. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, oh, check man. this out. Oh, yeah. fuck. Why does it smell like ozone? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh. If, like, if I was married, I'd be like, Nick, honey, go trim the bushes. You got it. <laughs> fire. Why is the house on fire? Don't worry about it. You said trim the bushes. Now I'm going to make some toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See, you get, you're getting it. You're getting I think it. it would burn toast. Oh, well, yeah. It's you the you sun. have to put it on two prongs and then get it close. Yeah. But then you, you know, that's, tell me you wouldn't do that. If somebody I, was like, yeah. I would like toast and you just hand them black stuff and you're like, they're like, this is destroyed. You're like, lightsaber toast. <laughs> it's it's not only that. It's like Goat and I talked about in the in the latest handbook for Dark Heresy First Edition. They have the Mechanicus lightsaber and it has like a backpack and a fuel unit and it's described as like deafeningly loud. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, people are like, what? <laughs> so you Strike just hear, me down and I shall become more powerful than you can <laughs> You just see you just see his lips moving and he's like yelling and the other guy's just like What? 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 I can't hear you. The guy who has it puts in earplugs first. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to fuck you up. And he puts on welder's gloves to wield it. One of the stormtroops runs up and he like pulls a ripcord on the back. And he's like, no, you got to you got to choke it first. You're going to flood it. (laughs) And it lasts for like eight minutes. Yeah. It sputters up. But lightsaber. Totally. Like, oh, God, I would I would I would cut trees down. I would do everything with a lightsaber. It'd be fucking great. Uh, The skull gun from Diamond Age. Okay, so it's like you have a very tiny gun oh, built into like no, your is. forehead it's right between afraid of. right between your eyes. Okay. And it fires like these little pellets but really fucking fast. Yeah. And it's like good for like, you know, <laughs> 6 10 feet away yeah. from you, but it's like you're getting mad. like I hey, give you your money, man. You just turn and you look at him and just like your head snaps back a little bit and there's this crater in the guy's chest. That 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 would make some interesting YouTube videos. Yeah, skull gun, chop ten mishaps. Yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, because like if you you can full auto it, and in the book it's like if you if you actually full auto for like the heavier stuff, it can break your neck from the recoil. Wow. Uh, the other cool just rule of cool uh, cyberware weapon I'd like is the arm blades. Oh yeah. Just like arms. That out. would be pretty. Fun yeah. Those sick. are fucking sick. I, I would, if I couldn't have a lightsaber, I would take cybernetic arm blades. Hell yeah. yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Can you imagine picking up trash with like, uh, with like Adam <laughs> Jensen's fucking <laughs> cyber blade arm? You don't even have to live over. You just, you don't even have to like bend over. You just kind of like clink and then just I, pick it off. And I then... didn't ask for this. Well, you shouldn't have littered. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That would be the best littering punishment. What a shame. <laughs> just replace people's hands with the uh, fucking, yeah. you know, the little litter pickup things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, well, uh, you know, don't be a litter bug. Well, for I'll me, give you your real hands back later. Sorry. <laughs> uh, for me, it would be the uh, arsenal from Mass Effect One, because none of those weapons had reloading before two. They're like, True. oh, we have to put reloading in because it's everyone will be. No, uh, that was yeah. The reloading mechanics they did for the second game. Thermal clip, dumb. But no, I, no I, I, I get what you're saying. Where you have uh, basically it's shaving off tiny bits of matter and accelerating them to relativistic speed. Yes. And all you have to worry about is it overheating. Yes. And then you just wait. You just basically just lay down cover fire and there's no uh, shells. There's no like you don't have to carry ammo with you. Like a lot of people don't think about that when it comes to military games. They think, you know, I just go in there and I got 200 rounds. Have you ever carried 200 rounds before? It's not fucking light. And that's not even enough ammo, by the way. You ever wonder why you run out of ammo in a video game? Because people who actually go and fight don't carry 
just 200 rounds of ammunition. Well, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I think that's really cool. Yes. You know, in, you know, like a, like a 44, but it's got that same mechanics. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's accelerating something really fast. That's really small. You, couldn't, throw you could not take that to any gun range. No, they'd be like, <laughs> except just for blow like, holes in the back of the fucking stop. Oh yeah. So let's uh, talk about worst sci-fi weapon. And I, I, I'm going to say this and I'm going to explain it. The Terminator, because I need to send something back in time. That's one part of the weapon. I need to send something back in time to destroy a certain target to affect a certain outcome. So I'm going to send back a giant thing that is socially retarded. And I'm autistic. Fuck you, asshole. I, I'm going to send somebody back with the manners of a B-tard. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh with, I almost spit with my a, with a heavy, heavy Austrian accent. We can fix that. No, but imagine just like in, instead of the one like Arnie's doing like the internal like faking dialogue options instead it's just a shit ton of 4chan posts and he picks the one that has dubs on it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just But that's the thing, is it's is an autistic person to say that that's socially retarded. That's that's a big move for me. <laughs> And even I look at it and I re a little bit because I'd go, wouldn't it be interesting if they had some sort of robot that like watched social interaction and then mimicked and parroted it. So at the very beginning, it's awkward, but by the end, it's really socially adept because it knows how to socially engineer people. Weird. Like that would be interesting as a, as a yeah. movie concept. So at first it's like, thank you. I'm a robot. And then by the end of it, it's like, Hey John, how you doing? You know, cause it learns how to do human. Yeah. But I, I think it's the worst fucking sci-fi weapon is I'm going to send back the manners of a B-tard and a giant naked Austrian dude. And I, I'm going to send it to just still walk around and get in shotgun fights. <laughs> we could send back anything uh, except your clothes, which is a little weird to me. Hey, you know, <laughs> hey. I know because it's like, okay, we, you we can send back up. anything except the clothes. However, we could send, down, send back a mechanical man back in time but we can't send back john connor with a gun i yeah. i don't i never got that i do like terminator don't get me wrong terminator is a fucking awesome movie yeah but i mean if it was named yeah. shotgun robot <laughs> yeah. which yeah. basically it is shotgun robot somebody managed to travel back in time to the far off year of 2007 before the <laughs> u.n destroyed all the guns <laughs> oh, now no. he's upsetting the balance of power can the gangs of knife fight city unite to stop this burgeoning threat <laughs> shotgun <laughs> robot <laughs> the knife fight city cinematic universe trademark yes wow so worst weapon lightsaber <laughs> full circle i would have that for eight minutes before i had no arms or legs my house was burning down around me yeah and or if you were good with it you'd find out uh you have skin cancer specifically around your hands yeah well, yeah that too you know what really sucks about the lightsaber i'm surprised no one ever thought about this because the fucking we did is a lanyard loop yeah <laughs> people drop that shit all the time <laughs> It, it's it's early shocking, Wii videos. Your, your bones and your hands are actually not bones anymore. There's just there's cancer. It's, yeah. your hands are tumors. Oh, I was holding a son. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the stra the wrist straps. Uh, look, anybody see the Wii when it first came out? People were destroying their TVs with Wii. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they, they put little like, straps on yeah. it. 
You gotta do that with a lightsaber. You have to. You would have to. It, it needs a lane. And I agree with you. It's it's a better tool. Like, but, the, to but do then when you like uh, when you when you drop it and it's a lanyard when you're throwing it around, now it's fucking flipping around all willy nilly on your wrist, just fucking chopping off whatever it comes into contact with. Yeah. So but have you ever seen people who go online and buy those like cold steel giant claymore swords and they're like, oh, I'm gonna cut stuff in half, and, and then they just whip it across the yard. Yeah. You know, like cut their house open and then like cut their leg open and they're like I bought a sword on the internet (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna get that guy who's gonna be like all right youtubers guess what we're gonna do we're gonna try to see if we can get this lightsaber to go all the way to China and he just drops it straight down slowly and just lets it go like this and it's just like all right we're gonna go cut to uh, Mikey over in China and he's like not here yet (laughs) (laughs) so he's just gonna wait for the lightsaber to get there and it's like just burn a hole through a gas main yeah, who knows where it would stop or where it would go, but it it's like matter. groundwater. Somebody is going to send do something retarded. Oh my oh, yeah. god, but it doesn't turn off when it hits water. It just turns the water into steam. So you have this lightsaber-sized diameter so hole. So you're saying if you took a lightsaber and threw it in the ocean, it would boil all the water. I don't fucking know. No, the lightsaber would rules. cut out. At yeah. the, I think the lightsaber would just shut off at they that never point. Really, they've never showed that. Like, if somebody dropped the lightsaber that was on into, like, the corner of a room, that corner would just become a giant mass of hot, melting, like, walls shit. Do you think it has a dead man switch? Because, you know, every time they drop it, it goes out, and every time, like, a Jedi or a Sith gets knocked over... And they drop it like yeah, when they're injured. Yeah, but they have good out. lightsabers. I'm talking about like the fucking Black and Decker lightsaber that you'd buy at <laughs> yeah, like the old uh, Black and Decker Widowmaker. <laughs> oh, so you're, you're talking. You're talking about the Walmart brand bright saber. <laughs> the, the bright saber. <laughs> no, the yes. one you buy at a carnival. <laughs> That's yep, exactly right. <laughs> because in Star Wars, they they try to perpetuate the lie that like, oh, that's just a that's that's a weapon no one would ever use. And but it's like, that is that it's is a so, great tool. That is so weird in Star Wars because in Star Wars, FTL is so old, no one knows who invented it, and it's become they think of FTL technology as groundbreaking a technology as that is the same way we look at like the wheel and sails we don't know who and it's not like in 1831 Ernest Wheels invented the circle <laughs> you know it's it's when he tried to turn it <laughs> yeah, no, to roll something yeah nobody knows who invented that that's how old that technology is and I'm sure there's a page on Wikipedia that's like oh, well no it was cares. Ernest M. Lightsaber or whatever <laughs> yeah. it, it links to the water page yeah, yeah. It, I yeah. Oh God. But no, that's that's the thing is it's it's such an ancient technology, but it doesn't even have a lanyard. So I agree with you. That's kind of a shit weapon. Yeah. Because it'd be like I have a sword. I have a gun. Yeah. Well, you know. And like I like I said earlier, if you're not a Jedi, if you can't use the Force to see the future and whip around like a fucking tissue paper in a hurricane you're going to just get shot to death. Somebody's going to be like, I have a gun. Like, or, I'll, I'll deflect your bullets back. Like, no, you won't. Or the <laughs> Jedi that runs up across a guy with a shotgun. Wow. Oof. Yeah. Shotgun robot. Because everyone Large wants to talk about, like, I can split bullets with my katana. It's like... You're now sh- getting showered in molten lead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. worst weapon go? Oh, I don't know. Um... I'm going to stick with 40 macro cannons. Oh, yeah. It's like, we're going to skeleton king. <clears throat> skeleton king take a take an, uh, World War One artillery shell, but it's the size of a city block. 
and then he shoot a bunch of them at sublight speed to hit a spaceship that's... Are, are you telling me that giant space churches fighting each other by throwing buildings at each other is stupid? How dare you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Stylistically, it's cool. It's like, yeah, and, this, and, then, they, and then they whip the, the, the slaves that never leave the decks oh to pull God. it back from the because the recoil, because that's cheaper than paint, than fi- finding an autoloader and getting a Mechanica oh. guy to do it. God, this sounds like an anime when you describe it like this. Uh, yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. It really does. It's. Oh. I mean, it's a really brutal anime, but like... Yeah. It, it fits 40k, but it's it's brutal. it's one of the things that's a little over well, the top. That's, yeah, exactly, because there's, there's stuff in 40k where you're like, okay, I get why they have a feudal planet that's Mad Max shit, and there's people like mining rocks with their hands. I get that, because that's a dystopian world. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But when you're like, they built this giant starship... But the recoil device. No, let's just use a bunch of guys pulling chains. It's yeah. like people being would whipped. Be, yeah, <laughs> would be more expensive to maintain than hydraulics. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean like people are cheap in the Imperium, but you're you're in a starship. You can't you can't replace them that you easy. Can't just get yeah. more people like that. Yeah, you got to win first exactly. and run away. Yeah. So, where's sci-fi weapon, Mike? Um, where's sci-fi weapon? Uh, the BFG. That's actually, yeah, let's okay. make a gun that kills everyone in the room, including yeah. the user. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what, that's, that's my The answer. Horizon Eradicator 9000. <laughs> yeah, the, the, first of all, the BFG I know is supposed to be like a meme weapon even in the game, but come on, dude, it's, you're shooting a weapon that can annihilate everything, including you. That's just a new, just use a nuke at that point. Well, they did. It was called the Davy Crockett. And, yeah. And, and it was like, what if we made a football nuke? And they're like, well, as it turns out, nuclear bazooka is a bad idea. Yeah. And I know I'm going to have some, well, actually, there's a recoil. Fuck you. I have a, <laughs> I have a degree in this. Look, the, the thing yeah. is, is that some weapons are not smart. Just because you can make them doesn't mean you should. And it's a cool weapon. Don't get me wrong. It's like all the weapons that you oh, see. I would last... love to have but it's a like, nuclear rocket. But, but it's like anime. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about the BFG. Of That's, course. Look, yeah. I have one of those too. But, yeah. you, but you, the second you fire it, you pretty much annihilate yourself. Be a skeleton, but I mean, you know, skeleton. Skeleton. it's like firing the skeleton with this crown of fire, <laughs> yeah, or or like antimatter explosion weapons, yeah. Oh, god, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, all oh, the torpedoes they cause antimatter explosions. Okay, why aren't they dead then? Why is it the other and why isn't the like they're like, oh, they have shields, it, it Dude, should, it's antimatter, oh, it, it, it should blow them away like sandblasting a soup cracker, yeah. It, it'd be like, not only are their shields down, they are erased from existence, we cannot find their atoms. Oh, 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 oh. my other favorite Star Trek weapon, oh, yes, the chroniton torpedo, like, what. It oh, phases through time. It's weaponized time. So like, we oh, like so we're going to kill them and ruin the universe. Good. That's great. Yeah. Or, or another 40K example of Vortex Grenades. Yeah, we're going to open a portal to hell that's going to spin around like the <laughs> Space Station 13 Singulow. <laughs> I, I throw my hand grenade. It open portal the, to hell. Open the demon box. <laughs> and the demon come out and eat the brain. And then it's and then it's got a 1D6 inch in oh. random random direction or go away <laughs> all right so in the next generation they get boarded and taken over so many fucking times and this is total bullshit because they have data on board and data is shown to be super powerful in every way so i jokingly said for many years that it would be great if you know the ferengi come over and they're like we have the secret code and we take over the ship and he goes data omega 47 
and data moves so fast you can only see him one frame out of 60 <laughs> like it's like you need a strobe light to see him <laughs> and you just see guys turn inside out like he, just, he, he rips them apart like hot bread you know? oh, and the whole time he's doing it he's like whistling like if I only had a brain so you just hear this whistling going around the ship so you know where he is and he's like very good data thank you <laughs> but the other thing we were talking about is like in star trek anti boarding technology butter where, hot yeah butter hot butter like no well, it's, hot. it's like potato said when he was like you know the <laughs> the Ferengi is like no trick picard and he's like bone melting juice and he goes what and he just the whips it on the brain <laughs> but the other thing we had is you walk up to the replicator yes and like a, a a standard human beverage we have when we're very afraid and he's like all right picard no trick and he's like butter hot <laughs> giant flask of molten theater butter <laughs> so then we started thinking what if you could do that to other ships like you just start I, beaming hot butter yeah. <laughs> yeah well i was just gonna say uh i asked psyduck uh prior to this the podcast starting uh what is your the best sci-fi weapon in your opinion and it's funny you say that he says the uh replicator yeah, that is because the most, you could yeah, just bees and transporter because you could just transport. So you don't even have to make it something horrible like bone melting. Just, just transport concrete. Yeah, solid <laughs> into that man's head. Solid well, we, concrete we did that. into the yeah. Into we did the, that on Star Trek. <laughs> we beamed that rock into that guy's head, and then we beamed <laughs> that guy into the other guy. Oh Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> like you just you, like you're you're able to uh, d dissipate and rearrange matter and matter at any at will. And they're like, well, the <coughs> the only thing stopping us is their shields. Fuck it, the shields are... Dude, that's like that little kid when you're playing, like, tag, and he's like, you can't tag me, I have shields! Okay, we'll shoot him until his shields are gone, and then beam his head off. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do that. They're, oh, they're yeah. like, oh no, they ha our weapons are down. Oh, do we have transporters? Yeah, that's all I could do for you. Wow, why do we even need that? That's when you trick them and you're like, okay, we surrender, we don't have weapons, you know, we'll, yeah. please lower your shields, we have ours down, we're ready to receive borders, and they're like, ah, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> don't even don't even beam something into him. Just beam him wrong to where he is, or and turn him into a pile of smoking meat. Yeah. Dude, one thing I always disliked about the transporter in particular was whenever they go down to a planet and it's like, oh, we can't transport down because there's some gas or some kind of the 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 thing is ionized. It's like we have a very powerful deflector dish. We could generate whatever fucking field we want, right? Yeah. No shields are on. We're just going to generate bullshit gasium that we put around the <laughs> ship. Or just put it in the air. Like, like, oh, we could breathe the air, but it's got that bullshit can't transport shit throughout the entire ship. There you go. Except yeah. the transporter room, because that'd be the only place you could safely transport in and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're like... The board trying to beam over, and it's just a pile of mechanical parts. Yes. And we, goop. Well, and you're that, like, well, that's it, handled. But that, that's what I'm saying, is it's like... If you have a matter replication thing, yes. you can just beam stuff around... Why wouldn't you be like, yeah, um, beam that guy's outer layer of skin off? <laughs> because you have some guy who's like, ah, Federation, you are blah, blah, blah. And he's like, just beam that outer layer of skin off. So he's a screaming skeleton and meat. And he's just like, ah! 
Ah! And then as he screams for a few minutes, you beam the skin back on, but yeah. just slightly off. You, you just beam a little it, wrong. Yeah, just, just a little. You beam it back on, and he's just... He, he is no longer able to function as a being anymore. Yeah, and then you're like, any questions? I would I would just keep the transporter staff in uh, EVA suits. Yes. And I would have the uh, the transporter room on an always exterior-facing wall of the ship. Yeah. And I would just have a button for a just quick disconnect. So if, like, bad guys come on the ship in the transporter, you just slap the QD and the fucking wall panel pops open on a hinge and they all just get sucked oh, out into space. Like, like, like <laughs> fucking bye. I'll, okay, so... <laughs> I like the back wall of the transporter. You guys have all seen it on the TV show, right? Yeah. Imagine that you hit a button and it just in one flick it goes flips completely around and it's a vacuum of space behind it. Yeah. Or or better yet, have the uh, just just have a piston on top of it and you slap the button and it just goes yeah, just and just fucking smushes them and you're like uh, janitorial crew to even, transporter. Even worse, even worse. You have a machine that comes down from the ceiling and it's a crab flail from like a Sherman tank. <laughs> oh God. So it just whips the shit out of them with flails. So they're like, oh, I'm bored. Then you beam them back over. This guy's like just a lump of broken bones. And he's like, this is, this is why like, cause Starfleet is so unmanned for fighting an oh, yeah. actual threat. Oh my so, god. If we were in charge of Starfleet security, we would just be like, thank God we have these shotgun lockers everywhere. So, we would we would go to jail and then directly to section 31. Yeah. So think about it this way. On a modern seafaring naval ship, yeah. right? How many guns are typically on it? Like depends on the vessel, but per crewman, yeah, yeah, per crewman. I mean, it would depend. Well, uh, most have a contingent of Marines aboard to repel borders. Well, so you know. unless it's like a destroyer, then you'd have the security force. So let's students, say let's but. say you have like a cruiser. You'd probably have at least you know enough small arms to equip like 50 guys but i mean like the guns on the ship to attack other ships oh well you've got two big deck mounts and then a bunch of like cell missile launchers how many cell missile launchers like 40 okay that, that's the reason why i asked you that because i don't know very much about modern naval vessels you do yeah on starfleet's top ship they have like two phaser banks in the front couple in the back and then two torpedo tubes in the front and then one aft torpedo tube in the back what kind of unpowder powered bullshit is that see I, w- I would just have uh, an AI system on a starship to where if the crew is dies and it can determine who killed it it sinks revenge but it plays possum for a day so they oh, kill no. the crew off the ship and it just drifts and then it activates and it's like find and destroy their planet the possum AI yeah, that's oh. <laughs> That, that's what I mean. Oh, God. Oh, oh. No, but they it, try and hail it. It just screams like a possum. It just screams at its, it just screams at its own ass. No, what it, what it would do is it would lay dormant and just act normal and then observe and find out everything it could about that other race and be like, all right, I'm going to drive into their star and self-destruct the antimatter reserves. <laughs> so you'd be like, wow, every time we fuck with these people, we lose a star system. <laughs> God, that'd be fucking horrifying. Yeah, I mean, you know, you create a dead hand system. People are like, we've lost eight star systems. Well, uh, you keep <laughs> fucking with my ships. <laughs> Maybe you should stop <laughs> killing members of the Federation. Don't fuck Just... with my boats. <laughs> <laughs> 
my possum AI. <laughs> but I like I know the argument the is that Starfleet is this very like peace organization. You're like, but a peaceful organization wouldn't have like okay. They would not have as many guns on the ship. However, since Kirk's time, they have fought a God knows what, and they've been so underpowered because of it, and they're like, well, if Kirk only needed two, then we only need two. Fuck you. No, the, you you need murder weapons. You that's, need that's why like the Sovereign murder. class, because you you'll watch it just whip out like four quantum torpedoes just in a string. Yeah. And then it's just pep, it peppers whatever with quantum torpedoes, which when, is when I, when I annoying think, sci-fi term. Whatever the fuck that means. And that's the thing, is I think if you had a future starship, especially a flagship getting a battle, it would look like an Age of Sail ship. Just fucking fire porn off of it. it it'd just be like oh my god and just <laughs> millions of rounds flying out battlestar galactica flak shield everywhere launching fighters i mean oh i wouldn't ha- and i wouldn't i mean i know that technically the photon torpedo is a, a projectile weapon but i would have like cannon style projectile weapons because guess what when you hit something with a giant chunk of metal in space it imparts inertia and makes it really fucking hard to steer well, imagine if you had an AI program where you could say activate boarding protocol and it just starts releasing horrible shit on the enemy ship. Every time their shields go down, the AI in that microsecond <laughs> yeah. is beaming stuff over hot from yeah. a Rolodex of random horrible shit, like a D100 list. It just rolls and random. It's a oh, cockroaches, yes. comma, rabid. <laughs> <laughs> How do you make a rabid cockroach? Like, hey, Compressed tetraethyl lead. <laughs> Molten sulfur. Oh my god. Do these guys drink water? Yes. Fill that with potassium. (laughs) Beam potassium into their brain. (laughs) Oh man. Um, And one last thing is to say about the chronoton torpedo. Yeah. I think it would be a weapon that's so skeleton king where it's like an enemy goes to attack you and you're like Okay, do you have the trajectory before they came and inter- interface with us? Yeah, uh, fire the torpedo at that time frame when they're in that trajectory. And then they're just like, hey, look, like back in time, they're like, hey, look, there's a Starfleet ship. Let's fuck. And then they should. Because the chronoton it goes, through time. goes through time. So you just fire it at the enemy before they even decide that they're going to engage so you. It, so it shows the... It goes you all the way a paradox and you destroy reality. But yeah. it shows them go... It, <laughs> that would be the most fucked up Star Trek episode where it shows how far it goes back. So you see this guy and it says 20 years ago. <laughs> and it shows 20 years ago and the guy's like... It shows this ceremony and it's like... And they're like, class of 2271. And the guy goes, well, I'm going to make it... It just fades away. And the dean is like, what the fuck? Oh, that's good. That's a good way to... So, so anything you want to say before we go? Uh, stay safe out there. And don't be lame. Just be good to each other. It's not that hard right be now. Be excellent. Be excellent other. unto one another. Watch shitty movies. Have fun. You never know when you're going to get this much involuntary free time in your life. Pick up a book. Pick up a movie. Pick up a hobby. Do some push-ups. Do a few push-ups. With proper yeah. form. With, With proper, proper form. And, uh, you know, do your best. Keep the, your back straight. You're going to you're gonna end up telling your kids or your grandkids or whoever the fuck else... 20, 30 years from now about this year. So make sure you have a good story. Agreed. 
And if you have any questions for the podcast, uh, that would be send podcast questions to the Black Pants Legion at gmail.com and write podcast question in the subject line.